What is going on out there, lacrosse fans and betters alike? It's another edition of Bet on Lacrosse, and you're going to have pretty much two weeks to dive into this one, to really dig deep on the analysis that me and my co-host with the co-most give you as we get into the episode. I'm Dan Alexander at Newbie Talks on Twitter. Reach out to me. Drop me a line. Would love to chat with you. Over the weekend, had some folks uh, reaching out to me and the co-host with the co-most asking us about some of our picks. You can always find all of our picks right here on the show, Bet on Lacrosse. He is Doug Greenberg at Doug Greenberg on Twitter. Dougie, how are you doing, my man? And I know, at least when we're talking lacrosse betting, you're doing pretty good, brother. How's it going? Recently, man. Uh, the You know, the pendulum <laughs> has finally swung back this way, right? Um, no, it's I'm good, man. It was a, it was a cool weekend. It was a fun weekend uh, for PLL, for our bets in particular. We, we both did, you know, pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Oh, you've got me on the board. Pretty, 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 pretty good. There you go. I always have the Larry David ready to go on the soundboard for you, Doug. Come on, man. Yeah, I know you, I knew you got me. But yeah, no, it was a good one. And uh, we got yet another bye week uh, coming up here uh, for the PLL season before the finale, as they would say. Um, so, yeah, I'm pretty psyched. I'm pretty uh, excited to dig into this board. Yeah, I, I never realized, like, like, when we first saw the PLL schedule come out, I was just like, oh, my God, we have lacrosse from, like, now until September. And then I feel like every week we're like, well, you just got to wait one more week for the buys. Hey, if it's getting us the high-quality games that we've seen, I'll, I'll tolerate it regardless. So, as mentioned, he's Doug Greenberg producing the show, as always, Hutton Jackson at Hutton Jackson. What we're going to do on the show today as uh, we're kind of previewing the games that will be going off August 13th weekend. So, uh, you, you know, you have a little bit of a lead up for that. We'll go through how our best bets did last week. Talk about our EMOs, our overall rankings. We'll get you the ATS standings because if you just look at how the standings look in the PLL, ATS numbers tell a whole different story. You might even see a two and six team in the top three of our bet on lacrosse ATS rankings. We'll be sharing that with you. We'll get into the PLL futures. And then as always, folks, the meat and potatoes that you come each and every week for, we're going through each and every game. And we got six of them that are going to be going down in Albany leading in to the playoffs this year for PLL, looking to crown a champion for the third time. And uh, I don't know, might be the whips hoisting it again after uh, we see that the rich get richer. You know, we we joked on our first episode about, you know, the whips can't keep getting away with this. A, A great line by you. And then what do they do? They continue to get away with this in absolute steal. As it was reported by the post-game podcast that uh, Gutterding was going to be making his way to the whips. Lacrosse Twitter was saying, there's no way this is real. This has to be Ocello messing with everybody. No, it is. It's, it's, it's really happening. It, it, Gutterding is going to the whips. Does that move the needle for you? Or without Rambo news, whips still a kind of a question mark for you, Doug, before we start getting into it today, man. Um, it. It definitely helps them. I mean, it doesn't hurt to Maybe. bring on a, a player of Justin Gutterdig's, uh Even when he's kind of struggled this year for what it's worth, he hasn't had his typical, you know, gutty up kind of season. But, you know, he's still, like you said, a, a premier player in this league. Yeah, exactly. And I think that there are bigger issues with Chrome at play here. Um you know, I, and maybe that contributed a little bit to Gutterdig's, uh his, you know, a little bit of maybe a little bit of a down year. Um, I can see him definitely returning to form with whips. Obviously whips have their own issues right now. It's definitely a very shocking move. It's, it's a little bit, you know, it's a little bit hard to see what the, uh, what Chrome are getting back in this case. Yeah. Um, you know, Gil's a fine player, but that's not, he's not Justin Gutterdig. He's not, he doesn't have nearly that kind of value. Um, you know, I don't, I don't really under, I personally also don't really understand how salaries work in this league. So it's not like we can say it was a salary dump or anything like that. Um, But yeah, it's, it's really hard to see how this is. It's really hard to see how this is a fair trade uh, for Chrome and who knows what's going on behind the scenes there. You got to think that 
you know, maybe they could have found a better trade suitor than, than web snakes. If for no other reason, like here's, here's the example. And I don't think my buddy from my fantasy football, my fantasy baseball league is listening to this, but he always makes these trades with these people and they always benefit him. And I keep saying to everyone else, I'm saying, do not these trades. I know. I, well, I say, do not trade with him. Do not give him the pieces that he needs because he's just going to win the league. And, and it's, it's as much about not letting him win as it is about you winning yeah. because, because if he, if he wins the league, then you can't win the league. And right. so, and that's exactly what keeps happening with whip snakes is whip. Everybody just keeps letting whip snakes, like do these crazy things with their roster, you know, whether it was drafting Connor curse or whether it was now uh, trading for uh, Justin Gunnerding, like it, it's crazy that the league just keeps letting them do this. And and I'm, I'm not blaming anyone in oh. particular. I'm just like, but guys, let's get a little bit more self-awareness here. Uh, and again, I have no problem with whip snakes either per se. I mean, except I have a, I have a water dogs future ticket in there, but you know, and they're doing just fine, but you know, it's, it's, it's definitely a very um, bizarre turn of events late in the season, but you know, I guess we'll just, we'll just have to see how it shakes out. No, I'm right there with you, and it's funny because after Redwoods was able to get TD Erland in the draft there, uh, I believe it was the opening weekend, there was a video of uh, of head coach uh, Nat St. Laurent who was basically saying, we love you, Suds. You know, like, like thanks for letting us get TD. Well, I'm sure Staggs thought the exact same thing. Love you, Suds, because you just gave us gutterding. And, and like you said, fine prospect coming back. And if defense is really what you're looking for, maybe the Chrome defense would be different if JT's Giles Harris was able to get on the field for him. You know, Chrome adding um, adding Tarafenko as well was great defensively. But I, I think they have just as many question marks on the offensive end. You know, you shuffled around, you bring in Malloy, you shuffle around that offense and you really don't get much added output. Sure, you made a game decent against a great goalie like Blaze Reardon late in the game after, you know, you could argue you might have already been entering garbage time. But, you know, I just – I think there's just as many questions offensively for Chrome as there are defensively that I was just scratching my head and take out completely the fact that, you know, if 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 the whips do get Rambo back and now have gutter ding. And then hopefully you can get Zed back to form. Cause he seems like he hasn't been a hundred percent this year. All of a sudden a team that has kind of been falling out of graces, the whips are right there knocking on the door and you know, they they've locked up their playoff spot too. So somebody's going to have to out the whips. And in the first two years, of the league, no one had done it yet. So uh, let's get into it. Those are our thoughts on the big trade that rocked lax Twitter last week. We stayed perfecto baby on the best bets. Beautiful. I moved to four and two on the year. You right there at three and three. So we've been cashing tickets for folks all year long. I was on the cannons plus one and a half. You were on the chaos plus one and a half, a win outright for you as we go four straight on our best bet winners. And then we had the head to head EMO. I was taking the whips minus one and a half in a bounce back spot. You said my future's looking good on the water dogs and it's going to look even better when they take the whips to task. You were bold enough to take the doggos outright money line as your EMO, your boldness paid off because in our first head to head bet here on the bet on lacrosse show, you come out victorious. You are the co-host with the co-most for a reason. And uh, now when we all are in Philly together for the playoffs, first round, second round, on me after the emo win for you so what what are you drinking you're, you're gonna go like a like a highball glass you a beer kind of guy you're gonna go mixed drink what are you thinking for your first drink that's on me after your big win brother and congratulations great call on that one man well thank you first of all um co-host with the co-host for co-most for this week yeah. um at least and, <laughs> Always um, and forever as i said in the uh in the in the uh, gift that i dropped your way little napoleon dynamite nod there exactly um <laughs> it was funny too because i realized after we recorded that episode um that there was a scenario where we both could have lost um aka whips winning by one and that would have been really really funny that would have been um, the best and we just that would have been the just cancel the show at that point yeah, that's the best. That would have been the best possible scenario, but it's okay. I came out on top uh, with the water dogs. 
Um, I'm, I'm supposed to drink Yingling when I'm in Pennsylvania, right? Isn't that, isn't that right? Or no, no. Okay, I'll get you some Philly brewery stuff. There's a lot better okay. stuff down there in Philly. Uh, sorry, Yingling drinkers. I think there's some it's, better options out there, but way to know your regional drinks, man. Well done. Well, right. I, I imagine that's like saying to somebody from Boston, like, oh, you guys all drink Sam Adams here, right? <laughs> like I'm like no no, oh, no, 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 no 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 six one three great brewery up that way by the way uh, great yeah. beer I'll get one yeah yeah so I'll get you some good Philly stuff man for the first head to head bet appreciated uh, I I'm sure and reciprocated I'll also take you for the best damn cheesesteak you'll ever have shout out Heck Woodrose yeah. cheesesteaks if you want to sponsor the show uh, overall I took a bit of a bath last week two and three against the spread Hutton staying hot five and oh two straight weeks he's on a 10 and 0 run right now he's moved to 500 on the year 15 and 15 i'm right there at 18 and 2 and you right there as well 15 and 15 we're all looking to stay above that 52 percent, and we're going to look to do so with the final uh part of the season coming to wind down so uh doug if you don't mind i guess ats ranking time and then we'll get right. into the show here let us uh let us run down the future board but we'll start at the top they're six and two against the spread. There are six and two straight up. That is Atlas. And Atlas got off their little cover streak. They had covered in uh, five straight games. And then they end up, or I guess it would have been six straight games because they were coming into the weekend, excuse me, covering five straight. They cover the first game. Second game, they get the win, but they do not cover against the Cannons, who we'll talk about in just a second. Your Doggos sporting those awesome purple domes, five and three against the number five and three straight up. Huge outright win that didn't even seem that close as they dominate the Whip Snakes. Terrific win. Probably you could argue the biggest in the Water Dogs history with that win over Whips. I don't care if they're banged up or not. Impressive win last week. Cannons, two and six straight up but five and three against the number. I have some interesting numbers on cannons that we'll share when breaking down the games, but even though they lose, they, uh, they stay nice against that number as an underdog. They're unblemished, but they do not get the win they need, setting up a interesting week seven for them here. Archers, four and three against the number. They're four and three straight up. They got off the snide with a nice win against the Redwoods. They were underdogs for the first time last season. They not only cover that number, they get the W as well. The Woods, four and three. They're three and four against the number. Chaos, three and four straight up, but they are three and four against the spread as well chaos with a nice win last week yet another outright win as an underdog you could argue maybe they shouldn't have been underdogs against the chrome who are the worst team in the league two and six straight up two and six against the spread there are only two wins against the spread and straight up for what it's worth came as two and a half point dogs i'll have a little bit more on that and in between the choss chrome sandwich you have the whip snakes so they're four and three. You look at the rankings, you say, oh my goodness, the whip snakes, they're doing it again. ATS, they're two and five against the number. I think this is a clear denotation, if that's a word, that um, that the whip snakes coming into this year clearly had a lot of market love. They were, you know, like plus 175 in the future market to start the year to win the championship. Um so, you know, clearly the market came into this year loving them because they're the only champion they've ever known. They have failed to cover as favorites. They have yet to be, or they covered their one game, excuse me, as an underdog. It was an outright win against the Archers. But um, that's a team whose expectations have not matched the reality. And there's your ATS rankings, Doug. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's really crazy uh, to, to kind of see what's happened with whips because, um you know, it's, 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 it was easy to love them. Right. And, and this is why like you have to, especially when you're thinking about futures at the beginning of the season, you need to think about things from a value perspective, right? Obviously you want to pick the winner. And even if you really believe that with things, we're going to do it at that point, you know, just don't bet anything because there, there's just no value with whips there. Um, Because, you know, there you're buying as high as you can on them basically, um, as high as humanly possible yep. after they have just won two straight championships. And, and, and that's, you know, it's just the thing you got to be careful with uh, when it comes to futures, you know, you really got to look at um, what kind of value you're getting as opposed to just picking the winner 
which I have been a victim of that before. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I think, you know, that's why we try not only giving the picks in the game and everything, we try and talk a little bit more betting theory because I feel like in a lower volume sport like lacrosse, there's a lot that you can learn about how to become a better better as opposed to just, you know, oh, what do you got this week? You know what I mean? You're going to yes. learn a lot more in the long run thinking about the theory, thinking about the value, thinking about things like you can learn on a daily basis in Doug's article, The Rundown. Follow him on Twitter at Doug Greenberg. I learn a lot and check that out every day. And it's not too bad when you're giving me winners in the middle of the night of uh, people getting on the podium and whatnot. So I love waking up and having winners on my phone from something that I placed, you know, at four in the morning because Doug said, hey, this will be a fun look for us. Here's my bold pick. Check that out again. It's the rundown. So before we get into the games this week, you mentioned value and buying high, you know, it's, you know, or, or buying low, selling high rather. Um, this future market has shaken up. Uh, I mean, the team that we were just talking about with the whips earlier this week, you were able to get them at plus 700. Now with the guttering news, they ticked down, you know, 50 cents. They're at plus 650. But here are the, uh, the standings. If you're looking at who is expected to win this championship, there is no one, you know, who, who's chalk uh, like it was earlier in the season where you were having teams who were only plus 175 or, or two to one. All teams above three to one. You have the Archers plus 300. And then our two guys at plus 350. Second best chances heading into the final regular season weekend. I have a ticket on Atlas at plus 1,000. I, I think I got him before the season at plus 1,600. You have a pretty juicy ticket on Water Dogs. Speaking of value, getting those kind of tickets, both those teams are now plus 350, Doug. I, you know, I, I hate to do it, but I think I have to pat us on the back a little bit. Heading into the final week of the season, having, you know, 10 to 1, in your case, 9 to 1, I believe, odds on a team. Not too bad. Yeah. Tickets we're holding, brother. So, to be fair, and I'll, I'll out myself on this one, I pretty much got water dogs at, like, the worst possible value that you could have gotten them at preseason. Other than plus yeah. 350, it's yeah. no, I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm saying preseason, preseason value. I got them probably at the worst number. I ended up taking them at seven to one, um, plus 700, that's, which that's a fun again, ticket. it's not bad. Um, it's not, it's absolutely not a terrible number. Um, I, I think earlier in the in the off season, you could have gotten them like around plus a thousand, you could have gotten them, yeah, like 900, like you were saying. Yeah, I, but but you know what? Part of that I think was also reading where the steam was going. Another little betting theory thing, if you want to talk about that, is you know the price will lower, assuming there are not like other factors at play, right? Like assuming there are not other, you know, uh, outside forces at play, aka you know player acquisition or an injury or or something like that, or wins and losses even. Um, you know, if you're seeing numbers coming down that means a lot of the time that the public is on this one so if you saw water dogs at 900 and suddenly they're at 700 there's been no team news there's been nothing happening that very well just may be that there's a lot of love a lot of you know big money guys who are confident in what they're going to see um in water dogs winning that championship so to my you know I, I definitely need to check myself a little bit and say that i didn't get water dogs at a great preseason value and frankly if you had waited and you thought that maybe water dogs was going to start slow, you could have gotten water dogs after the first week or two at like 1100 or something. And then you'd really be, you know, on easy street, but um, I'm definitely, I'm definitely still happy with where I'm at with this water dogs ticket. Um, they look really, really great. Um, you know, especially with Dylan Ward starting to play a little bit better. I think that was the last piece that they really needed. I'll tell you what Ward plays how he does last week there ain't a team that can beat the water dogs. That was incredible effort. What they have offensively. Um, I, I, I'll tell you what, you know, sure. I love, you know, uh, you know, pumping up Atlas and, and, and really, you know, what, what happened with them was more just a market perception that was unfair. People overvaluing what happened in that archers Atlas game. People saying, look at this archers team. They're going to roll through this whole entire season and people looking at Atlas and saying, Oh, look at how much they got killed by archers since week one. It's been a different story since week three or week four, rather it's been a much different story for archers in that case. So, so I think exactly what you said, you have to come in with your own perceptions, but if you're going to be constantly looking at future markets, you have to be fluid in your opinions. You can't just come into the year saying, I think this team is going to be great and stick with your guns because it's going to end up losing you a lot of money in the long run. So I think you getting in at, 
you know, seven to one when you had that opinion, the market by the end of the year agreed with the opinion you had, which is, I don't want to say atypical, but you have to constantly be adjusting how you're viewing teams. And you did that on a weekly basis. You weren't just saying, Mm -hmm. give me the water dogs, give me the water dogs, give me the water dogs. You were saying, here's where the value is. Here's where the value lies. And I think that's what makes you um, the strong analytical better that you are. So uh, kudos, kudos to you. I love learning from you, man. I hope the listeners have picked up an nth of what I've been able to pick up picking this guy's brain right here. I love it. I oh, love man, you got Oh, you got to you got to relax. Dude, you're you are much more analytical than I am first of all. Like I'm not just saying that. Like you come in here real hot with the numbers. Um you you come in here with, you know, you you talk we talk about sharp action. I follow a lot of the sharp action. You are the sharp action from what <laughs> I've seen. You know, you've even you've even told me like you only place bets early on and I'm like you have got some serious cojones to do that, man. Um <laughs> so I appreciate that with you um i want to hit one more thing on futures just real quick um take it want to take in a, another trip down the mvp market because yes i uh, told you a few weeks ago that i really liked lyle thompson um i'm trying to remember where i got him i must have gotten him around i think it i got him around seven eight, it was seven, either eight yeah. to one or seven to one because uh, i think i got him i think i got him around down for me up north as well <laughs> yeah so i got him around eight um something cool. like that um he's he's crept his way back down down to 450 um i believe grant amen was plus 150 around that time he's gone you know he his odds have uh, gotten a little longer to 300 wow. and jeff t your boy is at 400 Ooh. um so we're in like a little bit of a dead heat uh coming into the last week of the season for the mvp race um you know grant amen might have the advantage because he has two games left whereas teat and thompson both have one game each um but it's it, it'll be interesting i mean i think if if cannons can get into the playoffs off of a really strong performance from Lyle Thompson um wouldn't be surprised to see him take home MVP um you know I think the argument for Amen has already been made I think the argument for Teat has already been made um and so it's you know I think if Lyle's gonna win this thing like he's the one he has to go out and win it whereas if it's not if it's not gonna be Lyle if Lyle puts up a dud next week regardless of whether cannons make win or not it's probably over for him um, and then at that point, it's just at that point, it's probably just, you know, however, the voters really favor Amen or Teat. Well, 100 percent. It's so neck and neck between, I think, those three names that you lined out there. It's all going to be about the narrative at the end of the year. You know what I mean? Like like if if uh, I, I think it would have helped Lyle a lot if uh, if the Cannons could have pulled out that win. Um, but I, I think it's going to end up, you know, who gets a big win, who has one of those really defining moments here down the stretch because an MVP, pot- MVP voting, whether it's for better, whether it's for worse, a lot of the time the, the votes end up kind of being prisoner of the moment. You know, what have you done for me lately kind of deal? Cause I think all three of those guys, you look at the body of work this season, you can make a case for any single one of them. So I, I think some great points that you make there. So folks, those are our thoughts. It's time to get into it. We have not only two teams this week that are going to be having two games. We have two games on Friday, which means four teams this week are going to be two gamers. So uh, just before we get into the games for what it's worth, Whip Snakes, their first two game weekend is now all teams will have played two two game weekends, which is, you know, the fair way of how they worked it out. Why we get six games this week. Whips, it were week three. They won their first game. They lost their second game. Woods way back in week one. That's when they started taking the league by storm. They were two and oh on opening weekend in their two game weekend. Archers, they played two games back in week four. It was a loss and a loss for Archers in their lone two-game weekend. And for the Chaos, they also played in week two, and uh, they had a loss and a loss. So Archers Chaos, well, something's going to have to give there because they can't lose both of the games because they're playing each other on Friday night. So let's get right into it here, Doug. Start looking at the games, uh, and uh, we'll start here on Friday uh, Friday, I guess it would be the 13th. So Friday, August 13th, 6 Ooh, p.m. Eastern time. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, so right. you just we, said it. If we have any best bets that's a Friday game, just go the opposite way. And actually, I think both of Uh-oh. our best bets <laughs> come on a Friday. Yikes. Yeah, I just noticed that. Lucky Aye. number 13. Uh, we'll get into that. And uh, you know what? We're going to buck the number 13. 
Screw the number 13. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to walk across a black cat and shatter a mirror. I'm going to have all the bad luck coming my way. All right. Six o'clock on Friday, the 13th, we got Redwoods minus one and a half point favorites against whip snakes, both teams, four and three, a lot of low totals this week, 23 and a half. Now it was another loss against the spread for the woods and the whips as favorites last week. Both of the teams not only cover the number or fail to cover the number, they lose outright the woods. They're now only two and four against the spread as favorites. The whips, for what they're worth, they're one and five as favorites this year. Yikes. Now, both teams have one time this year been underdogs. They were one and a half. Both teams covered in the lone game that they were underdogs. So in this one, I got a lot of leans this week, and I feel like it's because we have the games a little bit too far away. I will have a best bet. I will have an EMO, but I just – I need official news before I feel confident. I need to know if Matt Rambo is going to be playing in this game. I I anticipate he probably won't be, but coach Stagg said he will be. So I don't, we're getting some conflicting information there. You know, how does Gutterding change things? How does he work into the whip snakes offense? I can't make this an official pick for me, but I can lean the whips getting the one and a half, knowing that the Redwoods haven't been great as favorites um, and, and the whips, you know, they've been favorites once they covered it for what it's worth. Um, just, I, I have no confidence really back in either of these teams on the spread currently as favorites, I'll lean whips plus one and a half in this one. Uh, any strong opinion on that? And for what it's worth total 23 and a half. Yeah. Um, I think you got most of the hit, most of the analysis on the head. It's it's a little hard to read this game without knowing what's going to be a Rambo. Um, but honestly, even assuming that Rambo's not going to play, um, I like whips here. Um, I think Gutterding's going to is going to fit in really nicely with them. Um, and as you kind of noted, Redwoods have not been great ATS this year, um, especially and yeah, especially not as favorites. Um, you know, they, we've talked about, you know, early middle is early in middle of the season, how, um, Redwoods sometimes play down to competition and, you know, obviously this is a, you know, quote unquote rivalry game. They played a lot of big games against each other. Uh, you know, the, the first championship game semifinals last year. Um, so this is always going to be a competitive one. And if it's going to be really competitive, um, I'm always looking at, you know, the spread underdog. So, I I I don't know if I'd play this one for sure. I'd like to get a little bit more information, but yeah, I'd be looking at pl- uh, whips plus one and a half. And for what it's worth, when these teams did play the Redwoods, they they got their revenge. You know what I mean? And now, how much yeah. is whips going to be looking at? All right, you guys got us last week. That's kind of where our descent started. Um, you know, we'll we'll get you back this week with a new piece working in, and they'll have a week to work them in, as opposed to making the trade and then having that game on Friday. So I think um, it, I'm right there with you. The only way that I would look in this game is whips. I just need a little bit more uh, a little bit more information for that to be an official play for me. Speaking of official plays, when the archers at four and three are one and a half point favorites against the chaos, who are three and four, the total 23 and a half, we'll both have some official plays. So as we mentioned, Friday the 13th at 830, uh, you're gonna be um, you know, what's like good luck, like rabbit's feet, uh, horseshoes. Four leaf clovers. Um, four leaf clovers. Get all those out and get some good juju working for us because we're going to pass talking about this Archer's Chaos game because both of our best bets come in this one. So you're going to want to stick a, stick around until after the break when we let you know where we're looking in this game, two of our favorite looks on a six-game board this week. We'll move to Saturday, August 14th. Thank God. I, I don't think uh, 14th of Saturdays are unlucky. Maybe they're lucky. I don't know. I know the Water Dogs are hoping they're lucky because at 4.15 Eastern time on Saturday, the 6-2 and two Atlas are one-and-a-half point favorites against your 5-3 and three Doggos. 25-and-a-half, the highest total this week. It's almost poetic because after week one, Everybody was saying, look, Atlas, it's going to be a rough year for him. Everybody was after week one saying, Water Dogs, ah, man, it's going to be a rough year for him. They, they have some growing pains to get through. Is Dylan Ward the guy we thought he was? And now, Saturday at 4.15, the two teams that we told everybody this year, Doug, pump your brakes. They are not what the record shows. 
Well, they're basically facing off, and you could argue it's for first place. It gets crazy if Atlas lose this game. If Atlas win, it's locked up, it's signed, it's sealed, it's delivered. They're your one seed. If they lose, then you start scoreboard watching. Then you see some teams maybe trying to run up the score on a Sunday game, trying to get that goal differential. So if Atlas lose this game, it will be Adam Moore's dream because it will be utter chaos. I'm sure that he will will just be like a pig in slop. Uh, Doug, I'll give you first crack on this one. Actually, I I believe I'll start with the total, 25 and a half, because correct me if I'm wrong, uh, you have a look in this one uh, for your for your EMO, correct? I do, and I get yeah, and I, I don't have to go too heavily into this one, um, you know, just because I don't want to I don't want to spoil anything. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, in terms of the total, you know, this is this is the highest total of the week. Um, it stands alone as the highest total of the week, twenty five and a half. It, and it's interesting because it's it's juiced to the over too. Um, which almost, who knows, like maybe, uh, people will want to be taking this over. And this is like, this is a situation where maybe it would get pushed up to 26 and a half. And if it gets pushed up to 26 and a half, then you want to hammer that under. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I would, I would love this at over. I, I mean, that would have to be, isn't wouldn't that be the highest total of those seasons so far or no, am I, am I making uh, that up? We no. Remember we had that slam dunk. Oh, 28 and a half. That we oh, the 28 and a half. half yeah. Oh shoot. It still haunts my dreams. Thanks for bringing that up by the way. Sorry. I, uh, I, I just tried to block had, that out. I just finished up my my twentieth therapy appointment. I was finally over <laughs> that that best bet can't lose big yep. cat pick. That uh, yeah, it was uh, it was it was you us and uh, and beast bets. Our guy Greg, we were all on that under. Uh, pain. Yeah. Anyhow, well, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, in, so in general, this is a pretty low. This is a pretty low total week, and so this is the high point of it um i guess i get it uh you know I, i'm pretty sure jack con cannon's still out um so you can't get uh, a game from him like one of his you know god mode games yeah. um yeah. i think jd coloruso has actually been playing decently uh in Great. his stead but yeah uh, so done much drop off i feel like can cannon went on i mean he's arguably the best goalie in the league however coloruso seems like he's a little bit more um consistent consistent maybe. yeah he seems like yeah. he has a little bit more consistency to his game yeah so it isn't inter- yeah so this one's definitely interesting to me because i would maybe be leaning towards the under there um, i agree no and yeah. i and i think you know you look across four out of these six games this weekend are all just posted at a 23 and a half which at the beginning of the year we saw 23 and a half and they were blind overs you know what i mean like we saw those numbers and we were like oh my god 22 and a half 23 and a half, go over go over I think you're clearly seeing the odds makers draw a line in the sand and say, Hey, this is the final week of the season. It's do or die time. Goalie's going to be up. Defense is going to be up. I think they're thinking that uh, defense is going to be the star this week. And clearly with the totals they're throwing out there, they, um, they, they believe in that, you know, the, the fact that, majority of these are 23 and a half seeing this one a little high um you know why why would i not just roll with what the bookmakers think and say well if all the other games are going to be low maybe this one is worth the under look as well um for what it's worth as far as this game goes before we move on since doug has his emo coming from this game atlas's cover streak came to an end last week and while they beat the cannons they failed to cover that one and a half while the water dogs they get their first win on a non-double weekend they they were just huge fans of the double stuffed oreos anytime they had two games in a weekend they were just unbeatable they finally get out of that mold get a win on a one game weekend and it was utter domination it was an 11 to 6 drubbing against the whips that to me, didn't even feel that close. It seemed like it was a 20 to nothing game for what it was worth. In this one, I guess I'll lean Atlas. I, I would probably look towards more a money line play than a spread play. Would love getting the dogs plus one and a half. But I just, uh, Atlas is a train that seems like they just keep on rolling. So while I, I, I have tried making money stepping in front of trains, I'm not going to step in front of the train this week while uh, while I was one of the people who helped push the Atlas train out of the station. This one's going to be a pass for me. I guess I'll lean Atlas on the spread, but um, if I was playing this game, I would probably look towards the money line for either of the teams. Doug will have more on that a little bit later. 7 o'clock on Saturday, the 2-6 and six Bowl. 
that that matters because the PLL and one of these teams could potentially be getting into the playoffs or one of these yeah. teams will get into the playoffs, I guess I should say, Doug. Yeah, I mean, this is effectively the uh, the complete opposite anti- or it's the complete antithesis of the previous game, right? So, so like, yeah, the, the, the first game on Saturday is playing for the one seed essentially, and the second game is playing to make the playoffs, Yeah, which that's the PLL for you, right? Like yeah. literally Saturday is going to be, that's going to be pretty fun uh, to see how be- that all shakes out. And I think Saturday will 100% dictate where my money will be going on Sunday. I will be waking up early on Sunday morning to take whatever information we get on Saturday and extrapolate that into the games on Sunday because you could potentially be having some teams with literally nothing to play for come Sunday. So maybe you see some teams resting, maybe not. But as far as this game goes on Saturday, as I mentioned, one and a half point favorites, the Cannons, a spot that they have not been great in, 24 and a half the total in this one. I have nothing on the total, but before I throw it your way, I'll I'll just run down these ATS numbers that I think are very indicative of expectations and where expectations have either been met or they have been um, failed to, to, to be met. Both teams, two wins, right? How they got there is very different, though. The Cannons are perfect. They are 5-0 and oh against the spread when they're getting points. As any underdog spot, be it 1.5, be it 2.5, they are 5-0. and oh. Yet, when they're 1.5-point favorites, like they are in this game, not only have they not won any of those games, they haven't covered them either. 0-3 oh as 1.5-point favorites. The Chrome... They've not won nor covered in any game except two games that they were two and a half point dogs, like an automatic spot that we kind of talked about. They beat two of the best teams in archers and whips. They beat them outright in back-to-back games as two and a half point dogs. However, in the spot they're in this week, Chrome as a one and a half point dog are O and five this year. All those numbers tell me, Doug, Keep the spread away from me in this game. I don't want any part of it. It's money line and it's Cannon's money line with what we saw from Chrome last week. They really did look like the worst team in every facet of the game in both of their games last weekend. I got Chrome happy last weekend. I ain't doing it again. It's Cannon's money line minus 140 for me in this one, if anything. But um, this could be a game that I just kind of pass and enjoy. What say you, my man? Just going in on Chrome. Um, it was bad. It was his. It, after, no, it was. After, after you, like, like because if I just wouldn't have talked myself into Chrome last weekend, I would have had a great weekend. Our pod, we, we would be strutting our stuff. We would be, but they just, they looked bad. They looked disinterested. They looked just like not a cohesive team. And at this point in the season, I was really surprised to see him looking that out of sorts, especially with an added player with Malloy, who's, who's a great talented player. Yeah. And, and, and you know what the thing is, like I can get on you for that hyperbole or whatever, but I don't disagree with you either. Um, Chrome, there's just nothing to like about them right now. Um, Especially with the trade that just went through, like, you know, you could be very down on Chrome just based on the results of last weekend and how they looked. And then you throw in this, trade which was not just made them more skill wise it was also if you if you in my opinion it probably makes it's probably pretty demoralizing for them you know it's like when your team decides to be a a seller at the trade deadline right like something like that there's just nothing to like about chrome right now uh you can't possibly be looking their way um not even on the spread at plus one and a half um yeah i i the, the smartest play here is probably cannons minus 140 on the money line i would entertain the idea of taking them on the spread too um, if you really wanted to to be a little risky for the for the you know lacrosse playground staff picks, I'd be taking them on the spread also. Um, <laughs> even if I even if you know for my own wallet, I'm probably I'm probably going to be looking at them for the money line. Yeah, no, I think I I think you lay it out there perfectly. Now for for what it's worth, when we were talking about betting theory earlier, you know you you want to buy low. Hey, if you're so bold, this is the lowest spot you could possibly buy Chrome at. You want to yeah. sprinkle a little bit of them in the future market, uh, plus two, what, 20 to 1 at this point. I don't have the cojones to do it, but hey, if you want to, Doug, if that's your thing, being contrarian is your thing, I won't stop you. You know, you know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not going to buy that low. You have to <laughs> – there's got to be some – there's got to be some potential there if you're going to buy low. Uh, there's like no there's like no potential here that's like going to the flea market and and being like give me whatever is your your most broken good 
if you have yeah. like uh, if you have like a, a broken wheelbarrow with no wheel on it, uh, let me get that. And and when I come, I'm just gonna drag it around. And I have it filled with radishes to the brim. I'm going real like deep cut. Like this is like Amish. Really? Like where I'm at in in Pennsylvania, we're like in Amish country. So that was like a reference that probably everyone's like, dude, what the fuck is this guy talking about? Radishes and wheelbarrows. <laughs> I, <laughs> I I will say too that. This matchup in particular is interesting because we haven't seen a two and a half point line in a few weeks. And I think if Chrome were playing anybody but cannons, it would be two and a half. I want to disagree. If they were playing literally anybody else, it would probably be two and a half, but only because cannons are the second worst team in the league. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's, that's the way it worked out and it ends up being a one and a half, but I just, there's just no way. And again, I, I'm almost surprised that, you know, cannons aren't getting favorite pricing on the one on the spread. And that's the only reason why I kind of like the spread is I, I could have seen them getting favoriting favorite pricing here, like uh, minus money, but you know, still getting plus money plus plus one ten. Um, You know, like I said, if I was looking ATS, I'd probably do that, but the safer yeah. play is definitely taking the minus minus one forty on the money line. So two quasi playoff games on Saturday for two completely different reasons. <laughs> Somebody's <laughs> yeah. got to get in between the cannons and the chrome. We'll see who it ends up being. And, uh, and I, for one, am excited. I think it's going to be a great one-two punch there on Saturday, which brings us to Sunday again. Um, I, I do have an official play in this upcoming game, so I'll throw it your way for the analysis. But these are really two games that I'm waiting and finding out what happens earlier this weekend because you could be looking at a situation where no positioning can be improved, no positioning could be hurt for uh, for two to potentially all of these teams come Sunday. So I, I'm passing, even though I do have an EMO that I want to hit before the line potentially moves with information that we may get. Redwoods, one and a half point favorites against the chaos, another low total at 23 and a half. Again, I'm abstaining. I'll give you my thoughts after the break here. Any thoughts in this one, or are you kind of attacking Sunday the way I am, Doug? Most likely, yeah. Uh, I'd probably be doing it the same way you are because, yeah, uh, there there might be meaningless games on Sunday, and you just – unless you're seeing, like, an edge in the meaninglessness of it, which I don't like – you know, in the NFL, they talk about contract uh, incentives, that kind of thing, which I don't think they have here. Um, It's kind of hard to say. I would say at face value, um, I'd really like chaos uh, plus one and a half. They're getting plus money against the Redwoods who we've already talked about are not great as favorites. Um, You know, sometimes play down to their competition and, you know, any kind of game, regardless of the implications, you know, Andy Towers is going to get the boys going. Uh, You know, I, I think that chaos is always up for a game like this and, and, and getting plus money on that plus one and a half spread seems like a really good spot for them. So I'd, I'd be looking at Chouse once again, once again. Love it. I want that to be my text tone. Whenever I get a text, I just want it to be you saying Chouse. I'll have more in that game coming up. Uh, Final for us before we step aside, and then we come back, get you our best bet, get you our EMOs. It's the Archers, the four and three. I put in air quotes. That will not be their record when they play the four and three whip snakes on Sunday. Archers, one and a half point favorites against those whips. Another low total, 23 and a half. Eileen Whipsnakes getting the one and a half because anytime the whips are getting points, I'm interested in it, even with how they've struggled this year. Um, you know, I think they have a little bit to maybe prove, even if this is a game that really doesn't mean much for them. I think they still want to get gutterding acclimated. So I think they still will be uh, be having some effort expended on their end. Whereas archers, you could be potentially looking at a game where, um, you know, they have their positioning locked up. They know the team that they're going to be playing. Um, you know, they don't have somebody new to get acclimated to. They have, you could argue, maybe the best uh, chemistry offense that's in this entire league outside of Atlas. I lean over due to the offensive outputs in these two teams over 23 and a half. I lean whips in this game, but nothing official. I'm just looking forward to seeing this wrap the weekend of what should be a stellar weekend of games. Where are you going in this one, Doug? Yeah, I'm in complete agreement. I, you know, this is not a spot where, yeah, it's potential that there's not going to be a whole lot at stake here, which is ironic because I think when PLL threw this game on the schedule, they, they were like, be oh, yeah, 
like yeah, yeah. Alice and or archers and whip snakes like it's gonna be for the one seed Same like blah 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 chaos, like you could, you could argue <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? ex- right exactly like they threw these games on sunday with the assumption that they would be playing for the one seed little did they know that that game would be probably would be played on saturday yeah um but you know what all the same I, I think it still worked out the way it was supposed to but obviously i don't think you can bet this game until sunday morning um or saturday night whatever you know whatever floats your boat but uh if i had to lean somewhere i guess i'd be leading i'd probably be leaning whips too for the same reason that you would it's just that if whips are getting points i'd rather just take them and and they probably have a little bit more incentive to actually play well like you said i wouldn't be surprised if archers actually you know depending on what their their playoff situation is like again this all changes if water dogs win on saturday if water dogs win on if Water Dogs went on Saturday, this could be an entirely different conversation. You might have to have an, an emergency State of the Union, uh, like uh, like Facebook or not Facebook Live, like a, like a Twitter space or something, and be like, everything we said in the podcast this week, disregard it. <laughs> We're changing it all. Uh, who knows? We'll, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it, Doug. Yeah, but all the same, at this moment in time, uh, <laughs> got to be looking at the underdog whip snakes right here, uh, plus one and a half, minus 120. He's Doug Greenberg at Doug Greenberg on Twitter. I'm Dan Alexander at Newbie Talks on Twitter. And this is me doing a read for Anchor. So there we go. The final live read of the regular season. Next time we're talking, it's going to be playoffs. I can't believe it. Playoffs already. Playoffs. Well, it's time to hear from our ladies. Oh, thank you. And, you know, not to toot our own horn, knock on wood. Hopefully the uh, the 13th, the Friday 13th, doesn't completely screw us. Let's stay red hot. 4-0 and oh, straight on our best bets. I'll give you first crack, Doug, on our Friday the 13th best bet double pack. What do you got for the folks, man? That's the luck. Here we go. <laughs> um, I am looking at, in Chaos Archers, we're looking at Archers minus 1.5, minus 140. Uh, the one thing I've been maintaining uh, in the recent weeks, well, I guess really just last week, is that the All-Star break sort of served as like a reset for a lot of teams. Um, and I think that's especially true for archers. Uh, they, you know, the first couple of weeks of the season, we were talking about archers as one of the best teams in the league, arguably the best team in the league. Um, and they looked fantastic last week. Um, they pretty much proved my thesis correct. and if that thesis is also somewhat correct, you know, I think chaos looked all right last week, but I think that if archers are playing up to their full potential, I don't think chaos has much of a chance that attack core for archers is just going to, you know, tear up that chaos defense, um, not going to be able to do anything with to them. So I think archers can take this one, can take this one pretty handily. Um, I really love them. Minus one and a half minus one forty. We'll get those bank rolls in order, folks, because Friday night is going to be a big night for those who have been rolling with the BOL boys here because my best bet also comes in the Archers Chaos game, and I have the cast. No, I'm just kidding. We're not going to to head again this week. I have the over 23.5 in the Archers Chaos game. Look, I know. Anytime when Reardon's in goal, it's scary betting it over. But an anemic Chrome offense just pushed chaos late in the game last week to have that game go over a low total as well. So I think as Doug alluded to their chaos offense has picked up a little bit of steam, not enough to make me like them outright or on the spread in this game. But the archers offense is always one face off win away from scoring 20 points by themselves. Neither team have a real face off edge in this one. I'd be surprised if this one stays under a low total, even with the books expecting a low scoring week. Give me over 23 and a half. And hopefully we stay hot heading on into playoffs. So there is our best bets and EMO time already. Last EMO of the regular season. I'll hit you folks. I'm going with the chaos. Sure. Maybe not enough to like them in Friday's game, but if you listen to the episode, Chaos plus one and a half is going to be my EMO. It's plus 120 right this moment on DraftKings. Redwoods are two and four as favorites this year against the spread. While they've won games with regularity, 
They haven't covered them with regularity, and it's a very real possibility that the Redwoods maybe have already made up any ground that they could in the standings. What happens in that Atlas game will make me like or stay off this bet a little bit more, but it's almost a free roll as the Chaos are looking to avoid elimination or getting the seventh seed, obviously not getting in there. We've also seen them come on late in the year. Give me Chaos plus one and a half, plus 120, my final EMO of the regular season. What say you, Douglas Fresh? All right. Um, I'm looking at water dogs plus 105. My boys, the doggos. Um, here's why. Time for the doggos. <laughs> here's the thing. I sometimes don't like to bet in like really big high stakes games. It's not always great. But we but what we've seen from water dogs lately, the you know, right before the all-star break and last week. This finally looks like a team that they're pulling everything together. Like they finally figured it out. And and you were talking about earlier in the show, how you have these prior assumptions about teams and you have to kind of temper those expectations throughout the season. My prior, you know, expectation for, for the water dogs going into the season, because I placed a future on them was saying, this is a potential championship caliber team. Right. And early on, maybe we weren't so sure, but they seem to have figured it out. They have all the pieces. And I think the biggest piece of it is um, Dylan Ward finally figuring out um, what he needed to do in that water dogs goal. Um, I think that they can win this game, send the entire PLL into chaos going into Sunday, not knowing who that one seed is going to be. So give me water dogs plus one Oh five, just a little bit of plus money uh, going into that Saturday game, man. I love it. I love it. We come into the year hot takes. We head out of the year with hot takes. The Water Dogs on the money line against the number one seeded currently six and two Atlas. It's going to be a great weekend, folks. This does it for us. You can always find us on Twitter. You can get me at Newbie Talks. You can get him at Doug Greenberg. Check out his daily weekday column, The Rundown. A lot of great information there. And for the producer, Hutton Jackson, at Hutton Jackson on a 10-0 and run. Keep it going, my man. I am Dan Alexander. That does it for us. Make sure you drop us some reviews. Make sure you subscribe and hit us up on that Moneyline hotline. I see a lot of people tweeting at us, telling how amazing their picks have been, letting us know that they were a 1,000 and a 1,000 and they never lose any bets to start the year. Well, why don't you strut your stuff on the Moneyline hotline? Check out the description in the link. And again, for Doug, for Hutton, I'm Dan. We'll talk to you in two weeks' time. Best of luck, everybody.